this is Stan Hammond, Dead Penis SU2 Estate. I uh, have a lady who's looking to buy a large home. Um, and um, yours came to mind, and uh, I drove her by, and she was definitely interested. She uh, works with the Catholic Church with a uh, putting together a group home where there would be like uh, four or five families. Uh, and um, uh, and uh, a couple of uh, childcare, I mean, uh, uh, church people all living in the home together. of our fucking pants pantaloons pantaloons bloomers literally we're sitting here everything's working everything's fine and then the machine that we use to send our audio to dfm and to record the program just stopped everything went boot it just went kaboosh so we had to change machine to the last minute there sorry and all the little things like the input had to be correct and the output had to be correct because otherwise the audio isn't going from one ear to the other so anyway that was a little bit of trouble fortunately we're gonna make it so worth your time hello radio trouble listeners it is your radio trouble 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 friends pixie and dos and thank goodness amsterdam is awake to help us big shout outs to the tfm operators thank you yes we are broadcasting live right now and for the next three hours and tonight we decided maybe that was what vexed us (laughs) the vexing the vexing i hear my voice there we go Okay, so we are going to get lost in some found sounds, some weird things that were recorded on old cassette and reel-to-reel, and who knows what they are. We'll be stabbing at buttons and Most of it not really expected to be released to the public. I think that's kind of the line in the sand we're trying to stand behind. You know, there's oob in public. 
Well, and then there's trouble in Oob. So that's what you get tonight, folks, if you would really like to risk it. And I highly suggest that you do, because, you know, that's what happens. Okay, here we go.
in these dark days. So that kind of just gave you, and she went on and on. We obviously didn't have time to play the whole thing, but that certainly gives you a flavor of, of her feeling about children being harmed by even association. Right, and it wasn't clear in how, as to how they would be harmed. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of this dark, ominous cloud. And uh, so I wondered whether all the attention was focused on the children because the children were in danger, or if it was partly because uh, it was easier than many of the adults claiming that this is an issue that I can't deal with. Now you moved from Wisconsin to Cape Cod. Why to Cape Cod? Well, I was working on a book uh, called I Wonder If a Star Will Fall. It's an emotional, uh, a book of emotional stories by young children where I sent 10,000 letters to elementary schools asking kids to write and send in stories. And then uh, received 15,000 stories and put together a book of very emotional, heartfelt, uh, moving stories by these young children. And when I was living there, I met a couple gay families raising children. And then I started to think that uh, if all this attention is focused on the children, why not just ask the children what they think? And this is the first generation of children growing up in openly gay homes. So I thought this was a very important resource of so information. So how do you go about, or did you go about, finding children of gay parents? Well, I took out ads in two dozen gay periodicals across the country asking families raising, gay families raising children to please contact me. I had a watch line and I talked with uh, many families over the phone. And then I organized a car trip from Boston to Toronto to San Diego and back in which 23 families were interviewed. And from those 23, I picked five for inclusion in the book. And the five families I chose, I chose because the kids were the most in touch with what was going on in their lives and in their families. And you really kind of lived with them for a period of time, so it's not right. just like you walked in the house, took a, you know, an interview and left. I mean, you really spent a lot of time with them, didn't you? I lived with families for a week at a time. Now, are you talking about the 23 families you lived with, or the, the 23 five? families were maybe two days, mm. but uh, the five families I lived with for a week at a time, two, three, four, five times over a three-year period, and I would go to school with the kids, I'd ride the bus with them, I'd play with them and their friends, I'd wash the dishes with them, and my method of interviewing was not to sit down in front of a tape recorder with a list of questions and saying, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Instead, I just sat down with them after we established a relationship and let them talk about whatever was important to them. If they'd gone through a divorce, they might talk about that. They might talk about a step-parent or competing with their parents' work life or social life for attention, all the different issues in their life were represented. Now let's talk about exactly what we mean by gay parents here. Um, are we talking specifically for right now about parents who were in a heterosexual relationship, gave birth to a child, and then came one of the parents came out right. and got custody? Well that's it for the day. Let's clean up and get out of here. You know, I don't mind cleaning up, but sometimes it seems like all we do is clean, clean, clean. And then we still have to sanitize. What a waste of time. Yeah, I know what you mean. But there's probably a good reason for it. Otherwise, they wouldn't make us do it. Everything looks good, guys. Let's go home. Hey, Larry, I was wondering, how come it seems that all we do around here is clean, clean, and then clean again? We hardly have time to sell chicken with all the cleaning and sanitizing we do. Well, Gary, there's a good reason for that. Seems like I've heard that somewhere before. 
Follow me and I'll show you what I mean. You already know that we have to keep the store looking good for the customers, but there's a special reason why we have to have a clean and sanitary store. Bacteria. Bacteria? But the store is spotless. You might not see them, but they're there. Everywhere you look, there's bacteria. In the kitchen, inside the cooler, in the dining area, in the restrooms, on our raw chicken and other foods, and even on you and me. Bacteria breed practically everywhere. You mean there are bacteria on me right now? That's right. Bacteria are especially prevalent on humans and raw chicken. We don't have to worry about all bacteria. Some of them are even useful. But we have to watch out for bacteria that can spoil our chicken or possibly make our customers sick. What kind of bacteria do we have to worry about? Our biggest nuisance is the salmonella bacteria. Here's a picture of what they look like under a microscope. Salmonella grows on raw chicken. Too many of these can cause the chicken to spoil or cause fever, vomiting, and chills in people. These are Clostridium perfringens. Now, they like to grow on chicken, too, especially old chicken. They can cause a person to get cramps and dysentery. Chicken isn't the only breeding ground for bacteria. This Shigella bacteria likes moist foods, like our salads, and can cause them to spoil and taste bad. People also carry these two bacteria, staph bacteria on the left and strep bacteria on the right. They breed in our respiratory and intestinal systems, as well as on open cuts and sores. Too many of these fellas, and it could mean a trip to the hospital for someone. That's why I won't let you work if you're sick. Wow, these bacteria really sound serious. Well, they are when they're left unchecked. Under normal conditions, bacteria will double every 20 minutes to an hour at room temperature. And the higher the temperature, the faster they multiply. One square inch can accommodate half a billion salmonella bacteria. And like I said, the greater the amount of bacteria, the more chance of them harming our customers, ourselves, our chicken, and our reputation. All right, you've told me how they grow on people and food, but how do they get on walls and floors and everywhere else? That happens when something that is contaminated comes into contact with something that isn't. Now, this is called cross-contamination. For example, chances are raw chicken will have salmonella bacteria on it. Now, anything that comes in contact with this chicken, such as your hands or the sink top underneath the chicken, becomes contaminated. If you didn't wash your hands or clean and sanitize that surface right away, they would become breeding grounds for bacteria. If that happened, everything you touch or that comes in contact with that surface will become contaminated. The bacteria continues to grow and another might touch the same contaminated surface. If any of our packers pick up the contamination, they could pass it along to our customers. Now, this doesn't happen often, but it would if we didn't handle chicken properly or clean and sanitize as we go. When it does happen, it's always serious. If there are so many bacteria on raw chicken, how can we sell it to our customers without making them sick? Well, first, we make sure the chicken is stored properly to prevent cross-contamination and kept at 33 degrees Fahrenheit. Then cook the chicken as soon as possible because cooking will destroy the few bacteria that have already grown. So as long as we handle chicken properly, wash our hands after handling raw chicken or using the restroom, and clean and sanitize everything that comes in contact with our product, we'll have nothing to worry about. Well, I think you've convinced me. 
From now on, you can bet I'm not going to complain about cleaning up. The more bacteria I help get rid of, the better I'll feel. That sounds good. You know, I think I'll start you on the Star System Sanitation Series tomorrow. Super. Hey, by the way, who do you think will take the pennant this year? I don't know. It depends on how their pitching works. Now go to your study guide for the next step in your training.
was just a month ago when I heard that mournful fire siren blow. And I knew in a second those brave firemen and engines would come racing by, for I could see in the distance the flames reaching toward the sky. As I stood there in horrified fright, I knew those volunteer firemen had one hell of a fire to fight. The flames were bright red, burning everything in sight. And I wondered where the burned out family would spend the rest of the night. Oh, I felt so helpless, you'll never know. Just standing there, watching the firemen handling the big water hose. They were all so brave, so courageous, and yet so calm, working their hardest before it all burned down. The sudden homeless looked terrified as the flames still roared, but they still had each other, and for this, they could truly thank the Lord. When you come home and tuck the kids all safe in bed at the end of a long, hard day, do you ever worry if they're going to be all right during the many hours you're away? When you lock your store and go home for a long evening's rest, could chaos come and destroy the working place you love best? And when the kids come home from school all happy and free, what would happen if suddenly their school ceased to be? Oh, there are a thousand things we can think of, but usually it's always too late. So remember when it comes to fighting your fires, you can rest. It is the brave fireman's fate. The siren ever beckons, the call for help comes day and night. And when their saving job is done, they rest, they forfeit fight. When ashes cool and danger's gone and the families reunite, they leave the scene a fireman's team. They wipe out death and fright. They ride the racing engines to follow the siren's whine. Bakers, doctors, lawyers, store clerks, their energies combine. They rush to dare the flames to die. They rush to save your home. They protect your town from burning down. They fight till the job is done. Yes, the volunteer firemen. We are a part of them, and they are a part of us. The volunteer fireman. Queenstown 5.15, checked in at the Melbourne House Hotel, it's a private hotel, it was a bit too posh for us, um, we got a paper but couldn't find anything, 
and they had TV in this lounge and in when we woke up in the morning they had a they served their breakfast in the lounge you have to go into this lounge and have breakfast and uh, they had a note on the ta uh, sign on the table um, ring bell and wait to be seated so we had to ring this bell and this bloke come out and put us down in our chairs yeah showed us where to sit and Cheryl walks out and uh, no shoes on you know <laughs> you know what Cheryl's like and um, he told her to go and put some clippy clops or something on and it was just quite <coughs> funny <And> also <coughs> when, I, when I went to the toilet when we got there about six o'clock at night went to the toilet and I casually go in for a good bog and uh, sit down and <laughs> I close the door and the back of the door Please use air freshener before leaving. <laughs> so I took it, had a good shit, <laughs> and I went with the, air, <laughs> with the air freshener. You have to spray it every time you go to the toilet. Dumb fool. <laughs> anyway, we watched TV. They had TV in this lounge too. And got to bed reasonably early. Shit house place, actually. Friday, you know, we had to be out of this motel, well, hotel. It's a private hotel, motel job. Um... We had to be out by 10 o'clock in the morning, so we had to find some cheap accommodation somewhere else. So we walked to the motor campus right up, right up on top of the hill Oops, and got booked in. Uh, it cost $4 a night, as I said before in the, earlier on in the tape. Um, we looked for jobs all day. It was a beautiful sunny day. And um, we weren't that impressed with our cabin at first because it wasn't, didn't smell that good but we've aired it out and it's not too bad now. Um, Cheryl did some washing that night and uh, got to bed about 7 o'clock we got to bed. Uh, on Saturday we slept late uh, we walked all afternoon around the bay, had a good look around. We had a ride on the gondolier, that, you know that great big chair left up onto the mountain. Cheryl was shitting herself <laughs> when we were going up, especially when we went over those poles that hold the cables up but it was really good they've got a restaurant up there and souvenir, souvenir shop. shop and you can have a cup of coffee and that bloody cup of coffee tell her about a cup of coffee no you all oh, right bloody cup of coffee go up there we were really you know a bit exhausted we wanted something to brighten our moments up so we thought we'd have a cup of coffee so 25 cents for a bloody cup and you go up there and we sit down ready for a nice hot cup of coffee and it was like, piss, Mum, Dad, wait. <laughs> the bloody coffee was ice cold. It was terrible. 50 cents for two cups of coffee and we got cold coffee. So we walked out disgusted. And, and when just before we got on the chairlift again, there's a door at the back. So we went out the back and they, there was, uh, we thought it was snow out the back on the mountain. And it was ice and I nearly went A over T on it. Pass over turkey, in other words. <coughs> and we got back on the got back on the chairlift, and it was really good. We really enjoyed going up there. Just wait. 
we have got all the time in the world, millions of years. The golden sun filters through the curtains. I love you. Long ago, you asked me if we took good die of love. I did not know the answer then, but now I know. We can die like summer, as we feel the air grow cooler, as a butterfly will freeze when it folds its wings forever. Forever I love you. I should like to sleep again and say, do you know why I love you? And wake a million years from now to tell you just because. That's the only way it can be, because There are four billion people in the world and you and me. So I love you. I should like each day to go back to our beginning, to feel again that sharp desire, the same heart-rending pain. Impossible, I know. You can't start anything again. But neither can I just accept, get used to loving you. That's not for us. No, not for us. Such automatic loving. I love you. Supposing I don't love you now. No, don't move. It is not true. No, please. Don't cry, it is not true. If it was true, what would be left to us? A big hole in place of the heart, in place of the soul, and a very small hole in the head as life drained away drop by drop. No, no, I'd rather live, my love, to love you as I do. I love you. I love you. I picked up a magazine in town the other day, and it had this article in it about whether women should work or not. I really had a good laugh over that. I can't remember a time when I haven't worked, along with raising my family. I've done all kinds of jobs. Chopping wood, shearing sheep, driving a truck, anything to make a little money. But this is my favorite kind of work. I learned this craft as a young girl from an old woman in the tribe. And I've taught it to my daughter. And my granddaughter will learn it from both of us. When these magazines talk about sisterhood among women, I think I know what they mean. 
Indian women always help one another. If the outside women learn to be as good to each other as Indian women are, bless them, I might be willing to be a sister to them too. Jeannie, why can't you change your mind and consider one of the colleges I've chosen? That way we could be together. Ron, I keep telling you I'm applying to a school of architecture and that's final. Look, we'll probably get married when we graduate from college. So you'll have a pretty hard time building cities and taking care of a house and kids. We've talked about this so many times. Before you start planning my life, I think you better realize what I want out of it. I don't see why you can't be a normal girl, be a nurse or something. I mean, architecture is a man's profession. I'll be so-called normal when my family and you and a lot of other people stop saying, this is for a boy and that's for a girl. And when girls don't have to worry about being accepted at some schools because they are girls. Well, they're all married now. But it's going to be awfully lonesome at home after raising four children. It was a wonderful experience. It kept me so busy. I seldom thought about what it would be like without them, just Harold and me. But with him at work all day, I, I don't know what there'll be for me to do. I couldn't go to work. I'd feel so foolish applying for a job at my age after never working outside of our home. I never realized how much I saw myself entirely as a children's mother. When you're 19 or 20, young and married, seems like you're set forever. You just don't think about what you'll be like at 50. Well, they're all gone now to make their own homes and have babies. But I surely hope the girls will have something more than I do to fall back on when their children leave home. Hey, Cheryl. What happened to you last night? I waited until 10 minutes after the movie started. Oh, listen, Donna. I'm really sorry. But you see, Paul called right after supper and asked me to go to the hockey game. And you'd already left when I called. Well, so what, Cheryl? You really make me mad, you know it? Here you worked so hard with us to get a girls' track team, and you talked all over the place about how girls are so oppressed in this school and have to take home ec instead of shop and all that. And then you turn right around and show us that your girlfriends aren't as important as your boyfriends. I mean, if you've promised to go somewhere with me or any girl, you don't just drop her because a boy calls you up. Hey, Mommy, when are you going to get a job? Why? What do you mean, Mikey? Well, Joey's mother works, and Billy's mother works. Why don't you? Mikey, my job is working at home and taking care of you. Now, each of you write me a label for these raspberries. With anyone but my son, I get a bit defensive when people ask me how I can stay home and just be a housewife. I consider my work a full-time job, and I really like working around the house. Even my hobbies are things I can do at home, like weaving and gardening. And when the boys are at school, I spend a lot of time doing volunteer work, the hospital or PTA. 
I think women are the ones who should try to make their home life, their family, and their community as strong and comforting as possible. I know it's not considered to be very important these days, but as long as my boys are little and are at an age when they are easily influenced by their surroundings, I feel very strongly that I should be at home. Hello, and thank you for calling Health Extension, brought to you by York Health System Auxiliary. We're glad you called us for information about masturbation. It's a subject many people feel uncomfortable with and don't talk about. Masturbation is touching and handling your sex organs in a way that creates pleasurable sexual feelings. It doesn't make you go crazy or blind, give you zits, put hair on your palms, warts on your hands, or make you sterile or weak. A lot of these old stories are still around, even though today we know that masturbation is not physically harmful. In fact, masturbation is a normal and natural sexual practice for both males and females. It's very common among kids aged 3 to 6 and among young people. Some figures show that as many as 90% of the total male population masturbates, as does 35 to 65% of the total female population. No matter what people say about it, they do masturbate. Masturbation during the teen years is not only normal and natural, but very common. In early adolescence, certain hormone changes take place in your body, and you start feeling physical tension, primarily in the sex organs. This tension builds up, and you can feel very uncomfortable until you find a way to release it. Masturbating is a natural way to release this tension. It's an outlet for the strong sexual urges that develop during early adolescence, especially among boys. For most young people, masturbating is a good and safe substitute for having sex with another person. Masturbation isn't physically harmful, but if you masturbate and are afraid it will create problems for you or feel guilty about what you're doing, it can be psychologically harmful. Thus, masturbating doesn't mess up your body, but if you feel guilty and anxious about it, it could mess up your head. Only you can decide if the physical pleasure is worth the psychological hassle. Some people feel masturbation is okay for them as long as they don't overdo it. This brings up the question, well, how much is too much? It becomes something to worry about when it develops into the main interest and activity of your life. If you don't develop any normal friendships or don't have a social life, but instead spend all of your spare time alone masturbating, it may indicate a serious problem. The problem, however, is not masturbation, but lack of social development. It's like watching television or eating. That's all you do. It shows you're having problems dealing with other parts of your life. Now, we'd like to discuss two more things about masturbation. One is fantasies or daydreams you may have while doing it, and the other is a warning against using certain kinds of objects. First, fantasies. Many people have sexual thoughts about all sorts of things while they're masturbating. They may feel guilty about these thoughts or afraid of them. Whatever these fantasies are, it's important to remember they're nothing to feel guilty or afraid of. They're only daydreams. Strong sexual urges help create them. Now, the warning about masturbating with certain items. Most people, males and females, use their hands to stimulate themselves. This is a safe way to masturbate. However, some people choose to use objects. Women, for example, may put objects shaped like a penis into their vaginas. Men may use a round object like a toilet paper tube. These objects are dirty and infection could result. Sometimes males try putting something into the end of the penis. This is dangerous because it could carry germs inside and cause infection, or could get pushed too far inside and have to be removed through surgery. 
or females sometimes use bottles. This is also dangerous. The bottle can create a vacuum in the vagina and get stuck. If this happens, only a doctor can remove it. We'd like to repeat that hand stimulation is the safest way to masturbate. You'll probably hear a lot of dumb and scary things about masturbation from people who just don't know the facts. Remember the things we've discussed, especially the part about masturbation not hurting you physically unless it's done with unclean or unsafe objects. We hope the information we've given you will help you understand and accept this normal and natural sexual urge. If you'd like to talk further about masturbation, you may want to talk to your family doctor, pediatrician, nurse practitioner, or school nurse. Thank you. Thank you for calling Health Extension, sponsored by your hospital auxiliary. Goodbye. Finding found sounds and yeah. getting lost. Do you want to talk more lost. about it? All right, this big pile of cassette tapes. It's yeah, only there's some really great. We have the cassette deck out, and she's going through. I've got a box called Abuse Cassettes. It's yeah. a fairly large box. It's got a couple hundred cassettes in it. Say, None of them have covers. They're just like weird, tonight. weird cassettes. The weird cassettes go in there, and Nina pulled out, or I pulled out 15 of them for her, and they're. They don't really have titles on the labels. Some of them do. Well, yeah. So you can I'm read those out as you go. Also. Uh, and she's making some up. And some of them are just like answering machine tape. So we'll probably get to some of those. And, you know, you get an idea of just how sinister we're going I to mean, get tonight. I mean, it's not like so. we're out of ideas on this show. But oh, it's, no. It's, it's like we're actually going to cut loose a bit. That's it. Right there. That's the one. You know, you just, that's okay. This is good. And, um, right. So, there will be a playlist. There is one. And. Yeah, but there won't be, like, labels or many times no, a no. song title or anything. I mean. But it will give you some kind of, uh, how many How many times up. have you been in a thrift store or you're cleaning out some drawers and, some cassettes sort of show up in your life and you get curious those of you who still have devices to play cassette tapes and you put one in and you go oh yeah i i love finding them in places too sometimes free piles free piles on the sidewalk in the summertime and libraries so, yeah, just a jumble, a jumble of things. So the first set we had, telephone messages. And it's actually a C90, so I might, I might go back for another chunk of that. Uh, but that has a date on it, handwritten in ballpoint pen, 1992. And then we went on to Kentucky Fried Chicken training and that was bacteria. It was all about bacteria. And uh, a found cassette. And it had a rubber stamp that said Pinecone People. And on the other side, it had scribble that had something like accordion practice tape. 
so also a title that was Keep Marching, Pinecone People. And the Ligardi Twins, Volunteer Fireman Tribute. I was trying to figure out the, uh, the dialect of that, those people from, the, from Fireman. Missouri, maybe. I don't know. Do you know I was on a? You know I was a volunteer fireman. You do because we drove by the station. Remember that? Yes. There's a lot of people who really are, you know, amazing that can that can do that. Uh, Rescue firefighters and emergency team. Yeah. My my little job was I would drive the tanker truck, and I had a book. Oh, it's like a, a bunch of charts, and it's Bonnie Dune, which is like the hills up above Santa Cruz, and they had charts of every property that had any amount of water, whether it was a pond mm. or a stream or a swimming pool or a duck, 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 duck. Did you have some twins and who we were would firefighters? We would go get the water, Did you bring have, it to where they needed it. Did you have volunteer firefighter twins? Twins? Any twins? In my masturbatory dreams. (laughs) All right, then we went on to a found cassette that had uh, looked like a sort of a running journal of these two women, two women who are uh, visiting New Zealand. Looks like they're looking for work. Uh, So I, I selected a chunk of that. New Zealand. It says NZ trip. New Zealand trip, obviously. And then Pierre Cour. C-O-U-R. Never heard of him. Love letter. A lot of things we never heard of this evening. And then part one of Women Today. Some little vignettes about Women Today. Followed by masturbation tips. So I hope you're all paying attention. There will be a good portion of instructional weirdness this evening. Not that you have to follow And a test at home. And yeah, we're going to mix it up a little bit with some uh, commercials and who knows what else. I don't know. We're just, like I said, stabbing at buttons and knobs and watching the cassettes go around. Some warped cassettes, maybe. Uh, some, some screaming children, perhaps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> things in other languages, learning other languages. Families yelling. We're going to get into it. If you like that, continue with Radio Trouble. And if not, you can always have an early exit. It's no obligation required. Broadcasting live on DFM Radio Television International. Shamaria Moore, Friday, May 9th. To Stonestown, second. Lesson to Stonestown. She had to try to do the whole thing independently to get fries and a Coke at McDonald's. She, uh, only major problem that she had was she tried to take the elevator at Forest Hill Station toward downtown rather than an outbound elevator and could not remember whether it was the M or the L that she took to get to Stonestown. 
excellent job in crossing at 20th and Winston when going to McDonald's. Trouble coming back, had trouble finding where the cars were and where to look, but waited until it was clear to her left on going to McDonald's at that intersection. And um, she uh, uh, did very well in shifting to make sure there wasn't that the car to her right was going to be crossing her path after she got halfway across was paying attention and stopping for her. Within McDonald, she was ex very good. I had to show her exactly, though, how to stand directly behind somebody while waiting in line, then, then standing a little off to the side. But when she got to, uh, got to the counter, she was very clear, spoke appropriately, handled herself perfectly when ordering uh, fries and Coke for her and a coffee for me. Very clear about the size, accepting the change and getting the, the, uh, uh, the food after she had, was through. She even, without having to be asked, said that it was to eat there. On the return trip, I worked on her trying to move to the door to be, to be ready to get off. When we arrived at West Portal Station, I had her stand up and walk to the door and stood between West Portal and Forest Hill so that when the streetcar stopped at Forest Hill, she could step right off. In the past, she has spent, uh, she'll wait till the car stops because of trouble uh, holding, walking to the door while the streetcar is moving. Uh, that she doesn't have enough time then to get off before the doors close. Tried to see if she could hold the overhead rail, the horizontal rail, to, to, for support while walking to the door while the car was moving, but she is unable to reach that, uh, that bar. So she must uh, be prepared before she gets to the stop. Amy Wood, Friday, May 9th, some notes for the IEP. Amy's depth perception is quite poor. She has trouble focusing on a visual task, which was one of our goals. I don't know, think that she's improved at all on that matter in terms of paying attention when trying to cross. She appears to be spending uh, uh, to uh, focusing more on hearing and verifying it sometimes visually, but it depends on whether she's cooperative or not. Most of the lessons have involved going to fast food restaurants to have lunch. Uh, we've been working on eating skills during that time. She, uh, she has actually made some improvement in that area. Been trying to get her to eat with two hands and to carefully put it into her mouth. However, even when eating, I see the big problem with depth perception over or under reaching for the cup. And uh, the same thing with the hamburgers. Intending to send it, set the hamburger down on the tray, missing it and putting it down on the table. Still nothing in terms of being able to point. Uh, I can tell that she can respond to whether I'm pointing in the correct direction, but cannot point herself very poor uh, eye-hand coordination and eye-foot coordination. However, it doesn't appear that her falling is related to 
uh, eye foot coordination problems or depth perception problems that she seems to do quite well with that frequently what she her falling has to do with her foot kicking out or hearing a loud noise although this has decreased uh, tremendously uh, in the past uh, few months also in terms of her um, Her gait, her gait it seems to be improving. I think that there was a setback while she was being held. She tended to lean into the person with whom she was walking. Uh, I'm so glad now that uh, she is not being held, and I do see an improvement. However, I do see her favoring one side, but this was, uh, I believe, was true in the past. She. It seems the more she concentrates on her walking and her gait, the worse she seems to be at it. I've been trying to, to walk beside her and trying to keep up with me. And as long as she's not work, concentrating on, on her steps, she seems to do a lot better and has a much more natural walk. She seems to be focusing a little too much now on uh, looking down to watch her step. I would like to see her uh, also looking up. <laughs> Uh, more uh, frequently to just keep an eye on where she is and what's going on around her. She, when she becomes distracted or around other people, she frequently will not, when walking with them, will not, spends more time looking at them and not looking at where she's going or at the ground and is more likely to, uh, to fall at that time. However, she does, when verbally reminded, concentrate and look down at where, where she's going, but she needs to be verbally reminded at times. In terms of street crossings with traffic lights, I haven't seen any progress in the past year. She's pretty consistent. Uh, however, she still is not at the point where she was before, where she was waiting for a fresh or a new green. Uh, she's much more distractible and uh, having a hard time standing still, kind of pacing and wanting to walk instead having a hard time just standing there. Uh, she seems to be a little jittery. I've noticed an increase recently, uh, well, within the past six months in terms of her fear and going when she gets to the top of stairs. Interestingly, though, during the mobility, she I don't see a problem when going down. She, she will go right to the edge drop-off, first stair down, and uh, uh, doesn't seem to be afraid at all. But when she goes up the stairs, when she gets near the top, that she... Uh, that she becomes quite fearful and will, and frequently trembles. Uh, today she was, um, she when she got two stairs from the top, she went down on her hands and knees and crawled over to the door into the first floor hallway. The uh, today I was told by Perla that she was going to be looking right after a mobility lesson at Shelvin. Uh, that uh, Perla and Amy and uh, Martha were going to be looking at Balboa High School Sheldon Risen's class uh, for the possibility for next year. From what I've heard from Perla and from Martha, that the mother wants Martha to go ahead and, and do the uh, uh, search for a class for Amy.
boat on a lake on a night like this a boy and a girl oh what heavenly bliss he was so tender and nice she was so full of charm as they kissed and kissed and the night was so warm stars were so bright what more could you ask for what more would you like alone in the heavens and she with a charm as they kissed and kissed and the night was so warm time was in flight but they paid it no mind with this heavenly bliss they left time far behind the rain was a blessing and not meant for harm as they kissed and kissed and the night was so warm Fascinating rhythm, you got me on the go. Fascinating rhythm, I'm all a quiver. 
Where is he outside? Alright, well tell him the way to, I'll be right there. Alright. <coughs> Jenny? Oh Jen? Brownie? Brownie? What are you doing? What are you gonna do? Are you coming? Where are you at? Where? I don't see you. Oh, you want to play something on there now? I want to, I'm going to make a recording of your finger, okay? All right, just a minute, huh? I can't hear you. I right, know, hold on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you will now hear Brownie Fandukian play her magic accordion. Thank you very much, Brownie. That was very good. Now, uh, will you please continue the concert, please? Yeah. 
I'll play Carnival in Venice. What's your next song now, Brownie? Do you have any more songs? Well, talk. I want to hear you. What are you going to play? The first song. I got mixed up there. Sorry. Yeah, very good. Notes. Oh, you were not. I was practicing notes. No. What was you doing? You was going, uh, do you remember? Oh, um, Heels at Home, that's home. Let's hear it. Just give me an idea of it. Let me record it. No, I mean with your voice. You're singing it. Not I'll, your I'll play it and sing it. All right, go ahead. Well, sing it first. Go ahead. No, I want to play it. So. Why? Because. Don't you know how to sing it? Yes, but I want to play it because I will get a little mixed up. All right, play it and then sing it, okay? Right. But I won't say anything. Okay. Now, let me hear you sing it without that one. I just sang it. Without the music. Oh, come on. I want to hear your voice. Now, go ahead. I, I won't get in tune. That's all right. I don't know, Daddy. I'm not in tune. Yeah, sing it. Try it again. Go. I'm just going to play a little of All Through the Night. I'm going to try it again. That's all I know. I'm going to learn. What'd you say? I'm going to learn the song. And when I learn it, I'll record it. Okay. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Fundukian household, we bring you Janice Arma Fundukian. You and uh, Penny, Dog. Penny and I. All right, now what song shall we sing now? Which one there? Huh? No, let's sing another song. What other song do you know? Hmm? What other song do you know? Hmm. Um, Bridges. No, another one. Yeah, Penny, you and me are pills. We don't care about him. Huh, Penny? Yeah, he's very naggy. Huh? Say something. Into the microphone, Brownie. There's his words. Him and me are pals. Huh. There he goes. Now let's get into his my um my uh, chemistry stat and this stuff up Come on, Benny. Get the cannibals. That's good. Get the, get the tools and things. Come on. Go help him. Okay, that's a good dog. Are you talking? Yep. What are you saying? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Do you know how to sing? Yes. Oh, well, would you take this uh, accordion away from here, please? Yes. Sir. All right, fine. Thank you. What's your name, little girl? Her sissy. No, now speak <laughs> right now. What's your name, little girl? What's your name? Um, accordion. Accordion. All right. What's your name, little girl? Do you have a name? Tell me. Hurry up. Because it's... Mary. Mary what? Pickle. Mary what? Mary Pickle. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Everybody applaud. Very good. Tell, tell us who you are. Mary. Go ahead. Uh, tell us. Mary Pickle. Who are you? Gladys is the name. Oh, I see. Uh, listen, I'm the man on the street now. You've never seen me before, have you? No. Now, I don't know you, and you don't know me, do you? No, you're true. Let's hope not. Let's keep it that way. Oh, <laughs> you're so lovely. I just love to slit your throat. All right, now listen. Uh, I know, I know you. <laughs> I know you have a little started coming. Would you mind telling me? Well, uh, yeah, we're going to do a play for you. Okay, go ahead. See, we think there's a producer watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shelby, 
Sally. Oh, hello. Who are, what's your name? Millie. Oh, you must be new at the office. Yes, I am. Well, I'll just have to show you around. Come with me. This is Mary, and she's been married two times in a month. And this is this is Josephine. You know, Josephine's already in the, been in the divorce course seven times, and she's and she's only 17 years old. This is Karen, and she wears her clothes much, much too tight for her. And this is Lucille. She's a real brat in the office. Would you like some coffee? Oh, yes, I will. Oh, miss, uh, two coffees. Is she married, too? I wouldn't. No, I don't make it my business to pry. Ready? Was she in the salon? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Say, how are you? How are you? How are you, Mr. Bolton? Are you very well? Yes, I'm on top of the world. Good, good. Go on. I wouldn't want to say any more for. Why? All right, hmm? all right. There's plenty to go. RCA Victor has built a tradition of continually introducing new ideas and products to bring new thrills and pleasures to millions in home entertainment. In keeping with that tradition, RCA Victor now offers a completely new development for new listening enjoyment with tape. Watch this. How long do you think it takes the average person to take off one tape and thread in a new one?
Two and two-fifths seconds? Thirty-two and one-fifth? Or a minute and ten seconds? Let's find out. Ready, set, go. Two and two-fifths seconds exactly. How did she do it? Here's how. The new RCA Victor conceived, developed, and designed tape cartridge for easy magazine loading to make playing a tape as simple as or even easier than playing a record. Simple, convenient, practical. The first truly sensible approach to tape. But that's only part of the story. The new cartridge cuts basic tape costs to one quarter of what they used to be for the same playing time. And here's how. The old reel-type stereo tapes carried two soundtracks, one for each speaker system. The new cartridge tape carries not just two, but four tracks. Two in each direction for stereo, or four tracks for monaural, giving twice the playing time for the same length of tape. For monaural home recording, all four tracks can be used, giving four times the playing time, giving you more uninterrupted music than is possible from a full stack of 45 RPM records on an automatic phonograph. And there's even more. On the old type tape recorders, the slowest speed at which music could be satisfactorily recorded and played was seven and one half inches per second. But now, high fidelity music at the new low speed of only three and three quarters inches per second made possible by the development of precision-controlled RCA Victor sound heads and precision-balanced motors, the product of four and one-half years of research. And to be manufactured in RCA Victor's own Cambridge, Ohio factory. One whole hour of stereophonic music or two hours monaural in a single tape cartridge. In the past, Stereophonic tapes, like this one, gave about 36 minutes of music and cost about as much as three LP records. But with the new tape cartridge with easy magazine loading, living stereo will be available at a cost of a little more than one LP record. The new RCA Victor Deluxe models include the completely automatic features of reversing and shutting off, playing up to two hours of music at the push of one button making it unnecessary even to turn the cartridge over. Presto, tape reversed, sound head switched to the B track, all without the touch of a hand. And now some more features of the dramatically new RCA development. For easy, convenient indexing, you have first the footage counter, giving you an indication at all times of how much tape has been recorded or played. Second, two conveniently located windows to provide a further visual check on how much tape remains on each reel. Third, for easy reference, the first side of each selection is labeled A, while the second side is labeled B. Conveniently packaged in a rugged polystyrene case that keeps the tape protected against damage a package actually containing twice as much music as is found on the conventional seven-inch pre-recorded tape reel, all in one small, neat cartridge 
that does not need a spare second reel for winding and rewinding. A simple brake holds the reels firmly, prevents tape unwinding and fouling in shipment or handling. Virtually foolproof. So simple, so convenient, so practical, so easy to use. And with all the unquestioned advantages of tape, now ready to move the tape recorder out of the closet and into the living room where it belongs as part of the newest and most exciting home entertainment center for the entire family. One more keenly significant example of RCA's aggressive leadership, playing a vital role in developing a dramatic new product to further and advance a great new industry, the tape cartridge. to ignore her if ever she calls your name it's irresistibly tantalizing but mind your
did say we were we were rolling into the unknown but wow I think we probably pushed even even ourselves away <laughs> if that's possible well we eventually... you know actually not I can listen to hours <laughs> of this weird crap really I, I, yes oh boy yes three hours of this <laughs> like no problem um 
Okay. <laughs> and, and All right. Just well, being like, oh, we're doing a week where go ahead, indulge we are, yourself. We are doing that. Indulge yourself. Just go ahead and play we, the, all that we, idiot we're stuff. We're investigating. So. Here you go. We'll be knocking at the doors, the doorways, and strange things will be answering back for the next hour and a half. Radio Trouble. Right, lost and found sounds this evening, and let's see. In this, in this set we played, these are all various and found and unreleased and strange recordings. We started with a cassette recording of a Chicago police officer uh, working with some sort of. In reintegrating maybe a, a, I'm not sure what was going on there you can listen back if you wish that's what that was and then we had Norm Burns Moonlight on the Water we have been trying to provide some musical content along with the strange vocal uh, observances <laughs> instances all right, we had a demo cassette of Walker and Wolf, and a collection of musical performances and fun conversations with Brownie Fadukin and Mary Pickle. <laughs> How did you spell Fadukin? I, I may change that spelling. Yeah. How, how are you thinking you're going to spell Fadukin? I thought she said Fadukin. Fadukin. Yes. That's what the adult in the room also said. Fadukin. <laughs> and then it was Mary Pickle. That's the thing. And then we had a little bit of off of a found cassette of children in the UK who were messing around with tape recorders. There were a few adults in the room. And then on to RCA, Revolutionary New Triumph in Tape. And that was from 1958, somehow. <coughs> and another found cassette with some unknown music demo going on. Doss thinks it was a Christian band. Probably. There seems to be a surplus of religious C90s out there in the world. All right, Joanne Duo. <clears throat> we finished up speaking of religious. That was the Joanne Duo. My prayer, which you could probably hear in Toledo. All right, TFM, where we be? You can join us on the chat if you are still awake or waking up or feel like saying hello. You might not. You might just want to keep it arm's length. And that's fine. We're going to get on with some more of this investigatory found sound journey.
thought her love would be so good. Honey, am I gonna knock on wood? Cause it isn't doing good for you and me. Oh, I can't get over you. Honey, right now I'm true blue. And tonight I'll wait for you. Honey, what if I Exercise is an exciting new development in the field of weight loss and health. Using the amazing power of oxygen, you will learn to burn fat, reduce stress, and reshape your body while you enjoy increased energy and vitality. Hi, I'm Jill Johnson, and welcome to the Oxercise 15-Minute Commuter Routine. Before using this audio, be sure to learn the exercise basic breath and body positions in the exercise level one workout videos. Keep your eyes on the road and always remember safety first. Let's get started burning that fat. All right, we'll start with a basic breath. We'll do a basic breath in between each body position. Here we go, inhale. Lift, two, three, and out. Out, two, three, inhale. In, two, three, and out. Out, two, three. Inhale, lift those abs. In, two, three, and out. Out, two, three. Inhale. Lift, two, three, and out. Out, two, three. Okay, the steering wheel grip. Press in like a peck press on your steering wheel. Here we go. Inhale. Lift, two, three, and out. Out, two, three, inhale. In, two, three, and out. Out, two, three, inhale. In, two, three, press it, and out. Press those arms, two, three, last one. In, two, three, and out. Out, two, three. Relax and just work your abdomen with the basic breath now. Inhale. Lift, two, three, and out. Out, two, three. Inhale. Lift, two, three, and out. Out, two, three. Inhale. Lift, tighten, two, three, and out. Push hard. Two, three, last one. Lift, two, three, and out. Out, two, three. Using your arms again, we'll do a steering wheel pull out. Pull out with your arms, work your triceps. Here we go. Inhale, lift those abs. In, two, three, pull the steering wheel out. 
out. Two, three. Inhale. Really burn it in. Two, three, and out. Out. Two, three. Inhale. Lift. Two, three, and out. Out. Two, three. Last one. Pull it hard. Inhale. In. Two, three, and out. Out. Two, three. Relax. Basic breath. Inhale. Lift. Two, three, and out. Out. Two, three. Inhale. Lift. Two, three, and out. Out. Two, three. Inhale. In. Two, three, and out. Out. Two, three. Last one. Lift the abs. In. Two, three, and out. you ever feel as if you've been left out? Well, that's when it really hurts. When no one understands that you'd do a good job if you had a chance, and that you'd make good. You feel pretty low when you've been left out. And that's the way it was with Eddie Johnson. fixing this lamp, so I thought I'd better do it and have it ready. Is anything wrong, son? No. Come on, you can trust me with your troubles, can't you, Eddie? Why does everybody keep talking about trusting people? They elected Bob, the treasurer of our club, because he was trustworthy. And me? They put me on the cleanup committee. I wouldn't have stolen their money. What's all this about being Wait a minute, wait a minute. It can't be that bad. Let's start from the beginning. Tell me what happened. Well, I've been in our hobby club for about three years now. And I wanted to be treasurer. I should have been, too. But at our meeting today... And this is Eddie Johnson's story. The boy who had his heart set on being treasurer of his club. Of course, there wasn't any real reason for Eddie to be elected, but like most of us, he just hoped. He hoped someone would nominate him. But whose name do you think they thought of first? Bob West, one of Eddie's best friends. Jim Small was nominated, and Mary Burns. Thank you. 
Eddie? Well, no one even thought to mention Eddie. And you can't nominate yourself, even when you want the job. Before Eddie knew it, the nominations were closed. Bob had won. They said he was elected because he was so trustworthy. Why should they think of Bob as trustworthy and not Eddie? Well, I'm not going to do any work in the cleanup committee. Why should they say he's trustworthy, Dad? What's being trustworthy got to do with being a treasurer? Well, Eddie, a treasure is yeah, fixing a lamp, for instance. You know, Dad, come to think of it, Bob is a good choice for treasurer. I can see where he has proved his trustworthiness. I was just remembering. Just remembering. Remembering that Bob shows he can be trusted to do little things. You can always be sure, for example, that when he says he'll prepare a class report, he'll stick to it and do a good job, even when it might be more fun to do something else. Well, that's not a very big thing but it has helped make Bob known for being trustworthy. At the charge-out desk, Bob helps out at regular times. And he always remembers to be on the job when he's supposed to. Well, being on time may seem a little thing, too. But it's another important way to show that you're trustworthy. And everybody knows that Bob has had experience handling money and keeping accounts. People are willing to trust someone who has proved he can do the job. Yes, all these little things have given Bob a reputation for always keeping whatever trust he accepts. trust Bob. He deserved to be treasurer, all right. But how can I learn to be trustworthy, too? Well, by showing that he could be trusted in little things, Bob was trusted in big things, too. Perhaps that's the way. That's what I'm going to do. I guess being trustworthy is pretty important. And I'm taking that job on the cleanup committee. Good, it works. Yeah.
Being trustworthy includes a lot. From now on, Eddie is going to keep trust by getting to school on time. And he's going to prepare his lessons every day. Well, those are good ways to be trustworthy at school, aren't they? And think of the trust you have at home. Eddie is going to do a good job when he says, What was that dad said? People have to show they can be trusted with little things if they want to be trusted with big ones. That's right. From now on, Eddie can be counted on to keep his trust with groups. That's the way a good group keeps going. Each member must keep trust.
This is Helen Gurley Brown again, speaking to girls this time. How do you love a man or, or find a man to love when you aren't pretty? Some people think I am pretty, and, well, I admit I do look better than I used to, but I can remember what it was like to be the less pretty one in every single girlfriend combination and to be looked over and, and then never asked out by men who insisted on a dazzler for a date. It's, it's okay. Everybody likes to look at pretty girls. But how do we unspectacular ones compete? I'm sure you know the obvious ways, being a personality whiz and listening like you've been snake-charmed when a man opens his mouth and being firm of bosom and lithe of figure. Also, you know to wear dreamy dresses, even if you have to hold three jobs at one time to afford them and to splash perfume all over you, or better still, drench cotton with it and tuck it in your bra. If you aren't doing all these things, my plain friend, then you don't really want a man. As to new noses and fake lashes and straightened teeth, I'm all for them, and so are most men who really love women. If you're worried about how to break the news to him that it's a wig, well, I think in your most guileless way you simply say, Do you know that I have on a wig tonight? You see, I uh, happen to have this miserable baby fine hair, so sometimes I wear a wig. Now, I want you to be a big, brave, strong boy and not faint because I'm going to go and take my wig off. Then disappear to the bathroom or bedroom if you aren't already there. Remove the wig, brush your hair, and return to your guest. It's just as simple as though you'd taken off a Lily Dashay hat. However, I guess I'm ahead of my story. Suppose you aren't in an apartment. Uh, suppose you've just met him and you want to ensure seeing him again. If you were gorgeous, presumably there wouldn't be much of a problem. Men always seem to want to see gorgeous girls again. And I think these first confrontations with a man or when a plainish girl longs most desperately to be more beautiful. Other times it isn't so important. But... You know, I've decided after years and years of studying these first meetings, and as you know, I married late, I, I've decided that an ordinary-looking girl does have something going for her. I don't subscribe to that ridiculous notion that she looks as good as a beauty, but I do believe some plainish girls have a kind of delicate, delicious advantage, and that is their need, their almost uncontainable longing to make good with this man. Perhaps it's why very poor but very brave boys in Mexico become legendary heroes facing death in the afternoon. There isn't any other way they can become famous or beloved. No football fields, no corporations to work out in, so they make it with what they do have, which is guts. A plain girl has only her enormous wish and her guts, too, plus, of course, the other surface lures we just mentioned. Those are the only things she has with which to become beloved, but I think they're enough. A well-known female connoisseur once mused, Why is it flat-chested girls are the sexiest in the world? They have to be, I said, and it's true. If you lack the cleavage that's bound to please, but you crave love and, and to be courted just as much as the bosomy girl, then... I, I think we concave ones almost will ourselves into a certain surface kind of sexiness, at least. How does it work when you're alone with a man? Well, for one thing, I think you never let your eyes leave his face. 
you simply go on the make in a very quiet, inside, physical kind of way, and you pray. Let your eagerness and, and desire, filtered through charm, of course, go to work. You turn on the plain girl power. Being skitterish and fidgety aren't allowable. You must be very quiet if you can, and extreme primness and properness and only speaking when spoken to, well, that won't do either. You've got to come on a little bit more than that. Uh, be as alert as an eel and ride his thought waves and talk waves as though you were a surfer. I can't tell you exactly how it works. I I just know the plain girl power to intrigue a man is, is there if you tap it. And I believe that marshalling every bit of charm and womanliness and, and plunging in up to your armpits and giving it everything you've got with no guarantee of success is one of the most exhilarating experiences that can happen to a woman. I believe there's the same kind of danger and sparkle and fire inherent in these meetings, plain girl versus desirable man, as there must have been when Cleopatra had herself rolled up in a rug and delivered to Caesar. And... There's quite a bit of evidence to prove that Cleo was a bit of a plain girl herself. Where have you been, Sal? Out in the boat. Sal's been out in the boat back. Well, a lot of life to be saved. Aye. Have you got the echo? Your bloody nose is dead, Sal. What? Have you been out in the boat? No, oh, bloody nose is dead. <laughs> Have you got the echo? No. The echo. There go. There go. Football. Oh, aye, aye. What did Auntie Lizzie have to say? Oh, what did she have to say about you? Aye. Oh. Who talked to my brother like that? Why did you tell her you got shouted at? What? Did you tell her you'd been getting shouted at? Did you tell her you'd been getting shouted at? I think you've been out on the boat, haven't you, Charles? Yeah. Yeah, you've been out on the bloody boat again. Where have you been, Charles? I've just been where I was always been. <sighs> The club, hmm? A bit, yes, a bit of a lad in the club. How are the boys? Eh? How are the boys? How are they? Yeah, okay. Were they a bit worried about us? Were they a bit worried about us? Yes. Aye. Uh, uh, the Yankee up. <laughs> yeah, I believe so. I knew they'd say that. Yeah. What does he say? What? What did Auntie Lizzie say? What you just said? She said, remember me to your peg, the old Melly, Terry, <coughs> and Tim, Peggy, the open will follows them all around the world. Well? And he does. Well, he used to follow me round, didn't he? Yeah. I know. So, if you're listening, Peg, 
It's an Ezekiel here, you know. Isn't it? Looks well, doesn't it? Right? Looks well. Nearly as well as you do. Uh, what has gone through? Nearly as well as you do. Me? Aye. Oh, Christ, mate. Hey, I'll tell you what. Hope I look as, half as good when I'm your age. Anyway. Ah. You know what Mrs. Williams always says? Well, 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 Jack. I hope I look half as good as him. Uh, uh, is he cold? Aye. Uh, yeah, he? he had a bottle of Guinness. Well, well, well. You know what Mrs. Williams always says? Uh. Your dad looks well, it's the way he's getting looked after. Aye. It's absolutely preposterous. 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 It's absolutely preposterous.
Yeah, how many more times should we have gone? It was not a loop. It wasn't prepared by us no, anyway. No, it was, it was final, so <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> All right, well, let me put my headphones on a little bit more. Okay. Yes, we were taking a little journey into have been and can we'll continue to take our journey elsewhere <laughs> well for now we're occupying the dfm and what did we just hear some found sounds lots of them do 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 we played a lot we played a lot of found sounds starting in, in the beginning it was a found recording from one of those Talk Girl Deluxe portable cassette players. Some some little kid just discarded it one day in a thrift store. So that's what we started with. And then Edna Mae Henning, I Can't Get Over You. And the beginning of the exercise routine with Jill Johnson on the go. Commuter routine. Push that steering wheel. Pull that steering wheel. No, push the dashboard. Pull the steering wheel. Something like that. I hope they're not doing that. Recommending driving while doing that. I'm assuming that, well, I shouldn't. Trust. We had something called trust. We don't know anymore. And then another found cassette with unknown music on it. And Judy Dunaway, second movement for, I almost said baboon, for balloon. It almost sounded like a baboon, that one. Another found cassette. <clears throat> And it was had some writing on it. MD Space Jam. Helen Gurley Brown. Talking about plain plain girls, plain women. Have all the fun. A little snippet from a found cassette. I titled it Out on a Boat. It has no title, but I think it sounds better with a title. And it's absolutely preposterous, preposterous, preposterous. No artist, no, 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 known. It is not known. We will have a playlist later on in case you want to consult. <laughs> Could fill in the mystery. Maybe it's your recording. Maybe you're one of the those kind of souls who used to uh, fling cassette tapes here and hither and there. <laughs> hither and hither. <laughs> All right, we better get on to one last set here. We are exploring and getting lost in found sounds on Radio Trouble. Oh, man. 
man, was we making some kind of sound in that studio. We was only laying down a hit record already. The band was really cooking, when all of a sudden this weird producer guy rushes out the control room. Whoa, 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 stop, stop. What's stop. up, man? Oi, you drummer boy. Drummer boy? What's that? You've got wrapped around your head. This is a Sunshine Radio sun visor. Oh, how did you get that? Well, I called in on the friendly folks at 8 Lower Baggage Street, and they gave me one. Did they now? Well, I haven't got time to call in. Well, then, send a stamped addressed envelope to Sunshine Radio, 8 Lower Baggage Street, Dublin 2, and they'll send you a sun visor. Fabaroo. Now, could we get back onto our hit record? But why have you got your sun visor wrapped around your head? Well, it gets me noticed, don't it? Walk around and read me sometime. Mm. Sunshine Radio sun visors. They don't always have to be put in a car. And up here in the helicopter, we are gazing down on Sunshine Radio. Yeah, and look, that's Robbie Dale down there, hanging out the studio window. He's waving to us. Oh, well, he wants to make sure we mention that Sunshine Radio has been on the air for five years now. Yeah. It's Sunshine's birthday. Five years of beautiful broadcasting. Mm. Hey, hang on. What? It's Robbie. Yes? Robbie, he's holding up a big notice. Oh, yes, and what's it say? It says, uh, it says, uh, who is flying the helicopter? <laughs> well, I'm not the pilot, that's for sure. Uh, Neither am I, man. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Sunshine Radio. Five years young and still flying high. Pass me that flying manual. Looks like we'll be up here for some time. It takes all sorts to celebrate a birthday. Hey, guess what happened five years ago? No idea. I switched my radio on. Oh. And... It went. How did it go? It went. Got yourself a lousy radio. Oh, no, no, no. Tuning it. Tuning it, I was. And... It went. Still sounds lousy to me. Ah, but that's when I heard it. Uh, heard what? Sunshine Radio. And how did that go? Sunshine Radio. It went. So? Well, that was five years ago. Mm. Oh, they've been on for five years, have they? Yes, five years of brilliant broadcasting from Sunshine. Well? Oh, happy birthday, Sunshine. Mm, it's obvious your enthusiasm knows no bounds. <laughs> Oh, 
teardrops over you. The pitter-patter are the tears pouring from my heart. And until I'm gonna make 
better work. Hi, this is Marie with Remax. I've got an agent I'd like to show your home today, Sunday, August 19th, between 4 and 5. We'll give them the lockbox. Thank you. This is Remax Suburban calling in. Mary from Century 21 would like to do a second showing this evening, Monday, between 7 and 7.30. I left a message at the work number and now the home, and she has the lockbox. Thanks. Hedge guy. Love you. Bye. Hi, this is Marie with Remax. I've got an agent that was supposed to show your home today. Monday, August 20th at 7 p.m. Uh, they have to cancel, and they're going to call and reschedule a later date. Uh, hopefully there wasn't any inconvenience. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Hi, this is Wendy calling from Remax Suburban. I have an agent, David Lee, from Baird & Warner, who'd like to show your home today, the 24th, between 5.30 and 6.30. And I'll go ahead and give the lockbox. Thank you. Good afternoon. This is a message for Susan. This is Dr. Valfer's office calling to remind you of your appointment Wednesday, August 29th at 11.15 and 11.30. You need to drink 32 ounces of water starting at 9.45 and finish at 10.15. And she does, and then wait the whole hour, do not go to the bathroom. She does run exactly on time. If you have any questions, please call the office at 433-9800. We'll see you Wednesday at 11.15. Thank you. Dilly's is right by um, Great America there, but Stern School is the best way to go. That's what Bill said. So it's okay. not going to be that far for me at all. Good. Probably as far as the other place. Yeah. Well, no, that's good. I think you should try another one. So, I mean, he's not going to be there tomorrow, but I'd like to try it. You know, my pastor called again today. I'm just getting tired of hearing that guy's voice. You know, just leave me alone. You know, take it's funny. A I'm trying not to comment about him, but, uh, yeah. Take a clue. Take a hint, you know? Pardon? You know, and then I have people calling me from the church, other women and stuff, and it's no. like, you know, you know, get a clue here, you know, and move on. It's like a, a, a religious fatal attraction. It's a cult. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There went August. Come here, Butchie. There went August. Oh, man, this is good being out here. I'm meeting people. This is good. I'm finally meeting my neighbors. Oh. <laughs> yes, you just... Oh, August. Oh, June, June. I know, I know. I'm slow. June. I'm sorry. I'm slow. <laughs> you're getting tired. <laughs> there went August. You're as bad as me. Well, you're the one who always made fun of it, so hey. It says October. I'd have known. <laughs> Uh, All right, so what time are you going to come by? What time? What, let's see, it's 3.30, is it? I have no I idea. Oh, you're outside yet. I think it's 3.30. Okay. Uh, maybe 5, is that okay? Mm -hmm. Is that soon enough for you? That's fine. Okay, I mean, will you be, you know, all dialed up and ready to go? I guess. Is that what you'd like? Oh. Are you going to be naked? Well... <laughs> That's a tough decision. Well, I, I, you know, I've, I've 
No, I'm not even going to say what I'm going to say, so let's just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're on your recorder, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. It's a long message. <laughs> well, oh boy. <laughs> I'm trying to think if we do that, then we're not going to get out of there for a while anyway. Sure we will. We'll make it quick. All right. Come on. Okay. Be a sport. <laughs> you talk me into it. Five o'clock. Right. All right. I'll see you then. All right. Bye. Bye. You know how you get these uh, 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 paper fans? They they fan out into their paper. Uh, I just thought I'd give you a call and say hi. See how you're doing. Um, if you get a chance, give me a call at 847-299-1395, and we'll talk. Take care, Dean. Dean Lurie from uh, UPS. Can you call at the office when you get a chance. Thanks. Bye. There is no I thought this pen was mine. Oh, I forgot my pen last night, too. This message is for Dean. Dean, my name is Sean, and I'm calling from Libertyville Imaging Center calling in regards to your order that was called in from future diagnostics for your MRI procedure in regards to uh, also your physician, Anthony Savino. Uh, we'd like to schedule that appointment for you as soon as possible. We did receive another call the other day for future diagnostics to, diagnostics to check up to see if we did get a hold of you. If you call us back, we'll be in the office today till 1. Phone number is 549-8000. Thank you. Hi, Susie, Dean, Miss Denise. I was just calling to say hello and talk to you because it's been a while. Um, I guess I'll give you a call later uh, this week, this weekend. So take care. Bye-bye.
What did Cleopatra say when floating in the barge? When Antony remarked to her, I think this thing's too large. Just get behind it and push. Ooh. And you find you've got it made if you get behind it and push. Ooh. You can't help but take the credit. What did Mrs. Noah say amid the rain and dark? When Noah found it hard to squeeze the elephant in the ark. Just get behind it and push. Ooh. And you'll find you've got it made. If you get behind it and push. Ooh. You can't help but make the great. Does Mr. Or Ewing do when business downright reeks? He bravely holds his head up high, then screams at Jerry Deeks. Just get behind it and push. Since we left Southampton, darling, I've had a bit of a cold. It's left me with a cough, so if you hear me coughing occasionally whilst this recording's being made, excuse me, will you? You, you know what it is. Coughing, you He's quite right, darling. It is hot in here. You can hear the fan going. I've had to turn the blowers off because I've got hot air coming through. Anyway, I suppose that record bored you many times on the Franconia. Anyway, to remind you of old times, here's a little bit more of it. Monsieur, Monsieur, <laughs> Monsieur, you want to buy some filthy English postcards? Eh? <laughs> Here's another record, sweetheart, that we used to play rather a lot. 
But it did give us a laugh, so I'll just play part of it now. Young Scott fellow staggering in, slightly inebriated, and he says, I remember the time I'd had a few too many to drink, you know, and I was trying to find my way back to the hood. I was in the Now, Larry. Just been thinking, darling. We'll be passing pretty close to you, either Friday or Saturday. So I'll try and get a message over to you. Gosh, sweetheart, it's nights like tonight. Oh, I miss you. Anyway, fate's had some lousy surprises for us in the past twelve months or so. We've not been able to do everything we wanted to. Maybe you should be kind to us in future. You never know. Maybe we'll get a pleasant surprise soon. I hope so. I suppose, I suppose when you pay, play this recording, you will have to be as careful as I am in recording it, in listening to it. But I don't expect Monty back till about 11 o'clock. It's now just 
cantar tú, porque si no, no cantas tú, no se oye. A ver. día! Porque sí. Pues no, yo quiero cantar. Venga, canta, a ver. Uf, ¿qué canciones hay? Yo no me acuerdo. De ninguna.
I don't know about you, but I certainly, I enjoyed doing this. It was kind of fun and also a little frightening. Some exploration into found sounds. Bottom of the thrift store barrel, or maybe the top. All right, Radio Trouble just about getting ready to sign out and pass the reins to the next show. If you're listening live, that's going to be the reprise of Thursday's Polder Sounds. And if not, check out the DFM broadcast schedule at tfm.nu and you can see what's happening. We began this last set with another found cassette and it was full of sunshine radio adverts we had bob storm (coughs) honeymoon trench coat and another found cassette with unknown music from india and madeline buzzard chicken house blues and an unknown answering tape. Uh, We think Rand or Rank Xerox? Probably Rank Xerox. Okay, changing that. (laughs) And a little something called Get Behind It and Push from the Quiet Revolution. An unknown found cassette. After that, we had also unknown comedic dialogue. And another found cassette at the end there with a child babbling with some tape noise. And finishing up with this probably uh, radio cart, no, probably like a Muzak cassette for, for shopping mall. No, no name, no nothing on the label there. Just a blank white sleeve on the little cassette. I can hear the squeak. It's squeaking. All right, well, that was fun. And we will do something different next week. And you can always find us here every week on dfm.nu. If you can support DFM by giving a donation details on the site if you're looking for something to do this weekend which I'm sure you are or just any day go to the OOB events portal at ubuibi.org you'll also find links to all of our radio shows and archives and releases and that sort of thing hey if you're listening live coming up Friday the 23rd on our friendly weird disco our pal over there in Sacramento he's taking over the twitch live for a few hours in the evening on Friday night starting at 8 p.m. Pacific twitch and then weird disco with a K yeah Saturday the 24th which is full moon you can head over to noise from the void on Mixler visit Yeno void that's J-E-N-O-V-O-I-D on Mixler.com 
starting at 7 p.m. for some full moon alchemy till late. And as always, Sundays back here on DFM, we'll have OOB Radio Salon, our special end of the month for Sunday players. Big group this time. We've got <coughs> Mike Drigenberg coming back. Aurora Josephson with Polly Springhorn and Austin Rich and Univac and moi and Doss. All right, signing out. Thank you, DFM. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. you to go into a trance in a moment and before going into this trance remember these simple directions this tape will be as effective for you as it was in the surgery when I recorded it you may listen to it once a day if you wish or more often or less often and each time you hear it the message you receive will become more effective for you